already on the second episode of the infamous Splat Pack season. We're taking two of Eli Roth's movies and two of Rob Zombie's movies. We're gonna break them down and rate them in our sloppy horror rating system. At the end, we will tally the scores and crown a winner. Last week we covered Eli Roth's Hostel. So on this episode, we're gonna jump into the super beast himself, Rob Zombie's Lords of Salem. This was an ambitious project for Rob. The first time he stepped out of the constraints of his normal filmmaking style. Lords of Salem, unlike Rob's other works, is paced slow, like Kubrick levels of slow. On top of that, this was the first time he really incorporated jump scares with incredibly creepy characters. The fans' reception to Lords is so divided that it's really hard to gauge the scope of its impact. It's a hate it or love it kind of thing, and I definitely belong to the latter. In the day and age of sequels, adaptations, requels, reimaginings, continuations, spin-offs, whatever you want to call them, they will never hold a candle to an original story, and I will always ruthlessly defend directors who produce original content, regardless if I'm head over heels about their work. Because let's be honest, it's easy to buy the rights to Michael Myers and release a Halloween movie in October with a $100 million marketing campaign and be successful. But to write your own story and take a chance in being willing to take the scrutiny that comes your way? That's balls, and Rob and Eli both have big ones. It's my honor to go through these horror avant-garde's works with you, and an even greater honor to have you guys here with us. So together, let's dig through the ditches and burn through the witches and whatever the hell else he said there. Boys and girls, without any further introduction, here is our take on Rob Zombie's Lords of Salem. Welcome to the Sloppy Horror Podcast. I am your host and your scary movie companion, Christian Ramey. And back again for another week, clapping them cheeks, the best producer in the whole wide world, Mr. Rozark Mark. Mark, what's going on, brother? We got big stuff happening today. We got very big stuff happening today. Hello, Christian Ramey. How are you? Good to see you again. And uh, good to see you as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I can't see you, uh, it's good to talk to you again, everybody out there. This is the one and only infamous Sloppy Horror Podcast. We are in the Splat Pack battle season here. Okay, Mm -hmm. we're in episode two now. Now, we had Eli Roth last week. Now, we're going over to the other corner to Mr. Robert Zombert. That's right. Now, what movie do we have for the people today, Mr. Chris Ramey, in this battle royale? What we're talking about today, folks, is Lords of Salem. The Lords of Salem. But I will add, before we hop in too deep, folks, for all of you fine listeners who are tuning in each and every week, we pride ourselves on not being a show that gets watered down with advertisements and things of that nature. So, if you're looking for a fun way to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash sloppy horror, and we have bonus episodes every week, so it's like a whole nother show that you guys didn't know about if you're listening to this one. So, enough of those greetings are out the way. Folks... When we're talking about a war, there's never just one battle. There's multiple battles. And today, we are at the second battle. This is the contender, Robert Zambert. Say it like that. It's fun. And to say it again, let me... Robert Zambert. (laughs) Robert Zambert. Hello, Mr. Zambert. Hello, Mr. Zambert. Do you make scary movies with witches, yes? I like that. That's cool. It is hot. So... Folks, the reason I find this film so interesting versus Rob's other work, 
Rob intentionally had said this was the movie where he tried to be different than himself. He wanted to step outside of his normal realm. Because if you think of a Rob Zombie movie, they're usually quick. They're fast-paced, in-your-face, keep going. He tried to go a little bit more methodic with this and tried to slow it down, slow down the dialogue, slow down the dolly shots. And maybe you don't notice it right away, but if you're a fan of Rob Zombie's movies, think about how slow-paced this movie is but well this is i mean he kept it in the line of other typical uh horror movies because mm-hmm. you know robert robert zombert has his own style and you know you recognize a rob zombie film when you watch them absolutely and uh this is kind of you're right this <clears throat> when i was watching this i was like this does not seem like the typical movie he would do this is more along the lines like he stepped off his path and like going down somebody else's not i'm not saying that but i was like this it is seems like his like... a24 picture exactly almost. yes that's the best way to uh describe it yes now folks if you're not familiar with this movie i will give you a nice little quick synopsis but really quick you know what somebody pointed out to me ozark what might that be now we could just give a precursor because like every movie of this season is like 18 and up but we didn't do your parental guy dance last week no we did not but like it's it, you can't watch hostel like i mean if you're a teenager maybe so like a high schooler whatever but like some of these movies no every every movie i'll tell you right now every movie in this season is 16 and up okay okay yeah. it's just 16 we're just gonna say 16 and up okay um, now of course you could go lower i mean you can watch a movie at any age you want to it just depends on what type of person you are but I'm telling you, like, I'm not going to say 18 because you watch the whole point of being a teenager is to watch fucked up shit, at least if you're normal. The parental advisory sticker, everything, you know. Right. So I'm saying, like, you know, I would go for legal purposes on my end 16, you know. Now, I'm not saying a 15 or 14-year-old can watch any of these movies, but I wouldn't recommend it if they buy it themselves. I would feel better if, like, oh, you're 16. 16 is the new 18. Yeah, okay? whatever. Pre- you're pretty much 18 anyway when you're 16. Mm-hmm. You're just stupid. Dumber are, than you were at 18. Yep. And half of you can drive, half of you can't. That's how, that's basically the difference there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that that's fair. So we'll we'll skip the parental guidances uh, this season, you know, because there's obviously a lot to talk about with these movies and all that and a lot of time to fill up. <clears throat> so, But, you know, I don't want it to get repetitive because it's going to be like 16 almost every movie here. So. Yep. Well... If you need a synopsis for this film we're talking about today, Lords of Salem, this movie starts off, like, at the end of the 1600s, like Salem Witch Trial. There's this old reverend guy, and he's, like, writing notes. And he's pretty much talking about this witch, this group of witches, and um, how he's trying to kill them, take them out. What happened in these ancient times is there was a witch... All these witches were killed, and they put a curse on this reverend's family. They said, you know what? Your lineage is going to be cursed forever. All right? So we move forward to present day, and we have three characters. Our main character is Heidi, played by Sherry Moon Zombie. Then you have um, <laughs> Jeff Daniel Phillips and Ken Fourier. And these three make up a radio show. like a, They're like DJs for a radio program. And it's kind of a... a more adult kind it's a, it's similar to a sloppy horror kind of show you know they have fun you could see that they're having fun well they have controversial guests on and people like they kind of bring on rockers things of that nature and they brought this dude in that was like praising satan and all this crazy shit well that night 
she gets a package before she leaves work. Heidi does, and it's a record. And it doesn't really have a, a sender. It's a weird note, and it had her full name on it, like which not her stage name. She has a stage name as a DJ. Um, so she's like, that's weird, whatever. Well, she goes home, listens to the song, makes her feel weird and trancy. So she goes and plays it on the radio station the next day. What this song is, is it's a curse from these witches from way back when. And this curse, once played, will bring out the inner witch within all the women of Salem. And it like kind of puts them under a trance. So it's a, uh, it's a crazy concept. So obviously she plays it at the radio. All the ladies in Salem start to get weird. Then we're introduced to these three witches who have been like uh, really preying on her without her even unbeknownst to her. They also live in her same apartment complex. The witches are great. They're played by some legendary people. Dee Wallace is one of them. I, I love her. She's, she's fucking awesome. But it's a crazy witch story. But it, this, this isn't Hocus Pocus. This isn't the craft. These aren't cute witches. This isn't, you know, this isn't that. These are scary-ass old lady witches like that eat babies. Um... But what's fun about this, or what's interesting about it, I like the the music, the curse thing, um, played over the radio waves. Now, I've seen many horror movies, and obviously many movies, and I'm scratching my head. There aren't many movies that are similar to this. I can't think of, like, many other concepts where, like, everyone hears this, and then from that point forward, they're fucked. Maybe I'm missing one that's glaring right in front of me, but this feels like a very original story. Well, I'm sure there are, and coming from Robert Zombert, he would be the one to come up with an original story or he could tell you a similar story to this would spark the idea of him to make this because in our trailer video um i put a clip of rob zombie on his cribs edition okay and and he was going through his horror his house whenever he had a giant walk-in closet i'm saying like your girlfriend or wife's like ultimate dream closet size like bigger than my bedroom type shit and it was just filled with horror movies he's like you know i just i just buy everything i see all horror movies this man has seen probably more horror movies than anybody in the world so he knows stories i'm sure he's seen a shit ton of witch stories now the witch stories are always kind of similar i mean it's i mean it's the same concept of witches so you discover a witch the witch starts putting a curse in, and then you're fucked. Yeah, like, you know. But you're right that airwaves of the concept of the song and getting all the inner parts of the witches in Salem, and then transing them all to eventually, you know, their demise. But I kind of like the song. I think the song kind of sounds cool, man. It was cool. I did like it. I didn't like it. I didn't notice it at first. I started hearing it again. I was like, all right, that's kind of dope. I like it. That's a nice little uh, song. Yeah, man. They, I mean, and Rob always does a great job of, like, just incorporating music with his, like, movies. Well, he should. I mean, you know, he's a mu- he's been a musician. Yeah. So he's I, got the upper hand there. And then uh, the Venus and Fur song, that legendary, we had a beat that was made with that sample. You remember yeah, that song? Yeah, the shiny shoes so red. Uh-huh. It kind of pissed me off because I didn't know about that song uh, prior to that because I was going to use it for some of our intro music. And you told me, like, no, like, we can't use that. I was like, mm-hmm. why? He's like, it's a sample. And it's like, actually, no, it's not even a sample. It's just the song. Like, it's the whole ass song. It's the whole ass song. I was like, God damn it, we got screwed out of another beat. Mm-hmm. 
But then, I mean, he even had like, blinded by the light. That was her alarm clock, like, she got down, but she never grows tired. She's gonna make it. That Yeah, that was pretty fucking dope. I love how he incorporates old movies. Old movies on the TVs, and then he puts in a situation and plays the audio from that movie. Me too. That's, Nobody like layers music and movies and TVs in the background like that motherfucker does. No. Have you seen that guy on TikTok that does like he finds sports games that are going on in the background of things, and like people will be like, "Oh yeah, I bet you can't guess what game was on in the background of Pineapple Express when they were, you know, in the background." There's a TV with the game, and he will find the game. This guy's crazy with it. Like he'll hunt down stadiums, what years they wore those jerseys, the score. He gets real in detail. I want to do that for Rob Zombie's movies, but the movies that are in the background. Because, like, I know most of them, but, like, I feel like I can enlighten the public who was curious of what they were. You know what I mean? I'm sure like, you could. Yeah. I, um, so uh, continue with the synopsis. I don't think you finished it. Well, I, I think that wraps it up on the head. Like, as far as, like, there's a curse put out on the airwaves. And then we're, I, really what it turns down to is Heidi is the ancestor of Hawthorne, that old reverend, and he is, she is the cursed one that they spoke of, and she is supposed to give birth to this, like, witch antichrist baby, which they do, and it's crazy, but that's kind of what makes it a Rob Zombie movie, the fever dream aspect of it, and he's not the only one. I mean, watch American Horror Story, watch some of these other kind of films. A lot of people are going for the WTF factor, like, what the hell is happening right now? And there are moments of that that happen within this movie, but it all, like, you follow, you string along with what's happening. For a yeah, second, you're you like, can, what is this? Like, watch some of his old music videos and then watch some of his movies. Like, it's, it's half of it's like a music video, kind of. Yeah, I mean, cool, they even though. had some, like, Mozart, the Requiem, like, when, they, when she walked in at the end and, like, oh, that was beautiful, wherever that place was. All that art deco and shit on the wall, it looks so cool. Um, but you know what else I really love about Rob Zombie's? movies i want to like bang the chicks that have the rooms in his house like in halloween 2 you remember Lori's bedroom like how crazy it was in her bathroom shit's written all over the bathroom and then like sherry moon zombies uh bathroom in this was fucking sick it looks so cool there was all kinds of stuff her bedroom has this cool display behind it her kitchen was something out of like an old 50s coca-cola bar and shit the yeah. way that he designs ladies homes like I would, like, go bananas. Like, I would go bananas. Like, I mean, it's, there's a, it's hot. It's what it is. It's hot to the touch. Ah, it's what it is. I see that, and I'm like, bro, if I ever, like, you know, if, as a younger man, I went to a girl's house and a room looked like that, I'd be like, when are we getting married? When are we getting married? Okay. When are we putting things in your butt? Yes. Yes. Because mm -hmm. I love you. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if this is coming on too strong, but I love you. <laughs> so I, I love the way he builds that up. And obviously every director is going to have, you know, limitations or maybe uh, critiques from the general public. But the thing I find with Rob's movies, the things that people generally critique are the things I like. They're like, well, I don't like his wife in every movie. And I also don't like his trashy style. Like, and you're like, oh, these are the things I sign up for. I like both of which. I like his wife. Well, well, it's I mean it's a comfort factor I mean you know I mean he's like for horror movies he's like Adam Sandler movies is is to comedies okay Adam Sandler's movies everybody most a lot of people love Adam Sandler's movies 
I mean, they're great movies. They're funny movies, and you always got the same typical characters in them forever. Yeah. But it's a comfort factor. You see them, like, oh, I see them. That's the same thing with Rob. He has the mo- same characters or same actors for the majority of them, not all the time, but he's bringing people from that realm. It's like his own little realm of actors like it is for Adam Sandler movies, too, and there's a comfort factor in that. Yeah, what, what, what frustrates me, too, is, like, you look at, like, some of the movies that she's in. People are like, well, she plays the same character. And you're like, well, you, you are you talking about, like, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, and Three from Hell? Like, you are aware that she was the same character for that, right? 31, she was a little crazy. Um, Halloween 1 and 2, she was Michael Myers' mom. Lords of Salem, she's this radio DJ. Like, I don't understand, the, like, what's the issue? She played, like, yeah, she's going to be the same character if she's playing the same character. Like... Can you believe that Robert England was Freddy Krueger again? Some people are like, just uh, just. I think it's jealousy, really. Like, I do oh, too. You're jealous that she gets to act in all these movies. They're jealous so that what? they like they got such a cool relationship and they're holding it down. And like, even if you don't like his movies, that's fine. But like, you can't hate the man's style. Like for like for being a horror person, like the man has a style, and you can't deny that. And I thought that this would be a good pick. Because um, we've covered House of a Thousand Corpses, there's a few movies from uh, that that will continue within our seasons. Like we could have picked movies that, um, like say like Halloween. Like we've covered Rob Zombie's Halloween. We've covered House of a Thousand Corpses. There's movies of his that we couldn't include for this season. But I thought this was perfect because it's kind of a standalone. It doesn't have like returning characters. There's no sequel. It's just here's a straight up horror movie. Because, like, say something after, like, a house of a thousand corpses gets rolling. You got a money machine that's building. And, like, I'm not saying he sells out, but anybody's, like, leaning into, like, ooh, this worked. This worked. This worked. Let's, it's a different thing from just, like, yeah, here's this random thing. You like it? And uh, that's how house of a thousand corpses feels. It's just random. It's on its own. It's like a fever dream, psychedelic, fucking weird. Here you go. Lords of Salem, the same way. Honestly... I would say this is my second favorite Rob Zombie movie. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, no, hold on, hold on. No, no, let, let me rephrase that. I would go House of a Thousand Corpses, Halloween, Lords of Salem, Halloween 2, Three from Hell, Devil's Rejects. It's a good list. Yeah, that, that, that would be the way I'd go. Okay. Well, now you know. So, Mr. Ozark, Mark, was this uh, your first time seeing this? Yes. Okay, okay. Yes, it was. As a producer, from a producer's aspect, is there anything that stands out to you? Anything that, uh, I, I'm always very curious, because you notice lights and see, you notice shit a little bit different than I am, and I'm kind of a film nerd myself, but... You usually see things. What about Lords of Salem stuck out to you? What would you remember of this movie? Uh, just the <clears throat> how dark it is. Um, everything is very dimly lit. There's nothing bright and uh, sunny like. It's not a. There's no beautiful days. It's all dark. It's all dark. Even in her apartment, it's dark. In the church, it's dark. And the radio station is dark. Everywhere's dark, dim. Like, just the feels of the movie, you know? I like the way that he sets up um, his intros. I like, I like how it just the, the freeze frame with the title that pops up. It feels very old school. Yeah, he did uh, He did the days of the week, kind of like The Shining. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of that, just boom, Monday. You know what's Some very... shit happens, boom, Tuesday. 
That was a lot of his inspiration for this movie, actually, believe it or not. He said, I forget, he said, this will be my film where it looks like so-and-so directed The Shining. I forget which director, but he, he used a little bit of The Shining. So that's interesting you say that because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, It reminded me of that. The pacing of it as well, too. Very slow pacing. Yes. Now, there's a character... Well, let me phrase it like this. There's a character named Francis, and Francis is an author. He writes books, and he wrote a book about the Salem witch trials, and they live in Salem. That's where these people live. So, like I said, the radio DJs, they're kind of accustomed to having more oddity-style people come on, strange people come on to their show. So they bring this guy on, but he's actually like kind of normal. He's like an author, and he's just talking about it, the, the Lords of Salem, shit like that. Um, well, he's talking about the witch trial. Well, eventually... He gets keen to the fact, like, because they play that that song while he is there. So he, it kind of registered weird with him after he heard it. He's like, well, something's not right about this. He's, like, kind of uh, researching heavy. He's, like, losing his life to the Salem's witch trials. He's just trying to figure out what's going on. And he's the one who connects the dots to realize that she is the ancestor of <laughs> that Reverend Hawthorne. And he starts to put all the shit together. He realizes that this song is bad. Um, that these people are up to no good. And I really think Francis's character like made the movie, without him in it, the movie would seem not silly or ridiculous, but it would be a lot more out there, a lot more of an acid trip. I think he grounds the movie in a way because it's actually like well, he's he, trying he, to figure stuff he out. He explains everything. Yeah. He yeah. explains everything that's going on. He's the one that figures everything out. He's the one that... Explains the witch trials, who the witches are, what they do. He explains what figures out what that song is. He figures out that Heidi is the descendant of why the witches are fucking with her and everything. All this weird stuff's happening to her, you know. So he gives you like structure. He actually um, explains the movie to you, which is good. Hey, the, his wife, the girl, that lady that played his wife, the um, I think her name's Maria Alonzo. That was the girl from the... You remember the movie Colors back in the day with Sean Penn and Robert Duvall were their cops? It's a great movie, but she was like that hot girl that worked at the little taco stand, and he picked her up. Yeah, it was just weird to see her old, but Rob's so good at that. He's so good at that. And honestly, I would... Like, everybody was like, oh, Betty White, let's keep Betty White safe, Flocker. What? You remember how, like, for the longest time that was the thing, like, because she was still alive, and, like, you know, it's just like, oh, protect Betty White. I feel that way about fucking D. Wallace, bro. The Howling, motherfucking E.T., motherfucking Cujo, the Hills Have Eyes, bro. This lady is a national treasure. This lady. She is a national treasure, and not... national. Yeah, bro, and, like, first off, like, she said that she was excited to play this role because she usually just gets the mom roles, like she did in E.T. and things of that nature, but, like, what throws me off, and she played in Rob Zombie's Halloweens, obviously, um, (laughs) she's, like, the happy witch, like, she's, like, I got chocolate chip scones, (laughs) like, she's, like, all pumped, but, like, if that was your mom... Like or, like somebody's mom, you would love her. Like every time you went in her house, you would give her a hug before you talk to your friend. Like fuck off, dude. I'm hanging out with your mom. She's cool, man. Like she'd be like, "We boys listening to rock and roll. That's cool, man. Yeah, that's fine. Just make sure you get all the smoke out of your room first. Dad gets home. Yeah, nah, you you boys have fun. She's that kind of mom. D. Wallace, national fucking treasure. Okay, I will. I would eat her butt on principle. 
Yeah. Just the principle of her being so dope to horror and so, like, she didn't have to be. She could have quite easily said, you know what, I'm a famous actress who does other shit, but she didn't. She did not. She said, I like spooky shit, and she stuck with it. And that's what, that, that's what, and then it has Meg Foster. She's like the main witch, the one that was licking the baby and shit. Um, but the way he goes in, I mean, even Sid Haig is in this. He's like one of the dudes burning the witches. Michael Berryman, the dude from the Hills Have Eyes, the creepy looking guy. Ken Foray, like the list goes on and on and on. Like, he just picks some rad people to be in his movies. And I'm just very appreciative of that. Like, when you watch back with the second eye, or if you have, like, any kind of keen eye to notice actors, you, I, I don't know, but it just makes me applaud Rob, Rob's work a lot more. You're just like, damn, dude, you really got a superstar cast together. Yes, he does. That's one of the things <clears throat> that you pointed out to me when we first started doing this podcast, and you've explained that. Uh, to me before and I notice it now like almost every person almost every person has been involved with horror in some way shape or form and that's good I'm glad that he does that it makes it feel more like a horror movie like I've said before you know what I mean it does bro it does I the cool part about this is too um I felt like everybody like knew their assignment but the movie doesn't feel very long it's not like a very long ordeal it's kind of straight to the point, right to the principle, and um, I, to me, when I gauge a good movie is like if I can, if if I don't forget it, if there's something that like sticks in my brain where it's like, man, you don't forget that imagery, like even if you only seen it once. Um, for example, like Requiem for a Dream, you don't have to watch that more than once. You got it, you know. Now, Lords of Salem has some rewatchability for me, but certain things. You just set the tone. And if you're licking babies and, like, crazy shit that's going on in this movie. If you're licking babies, if you're blowing a priest, if, <laughs> I mean, all weird shit's happening. There's some weird baby and you're shaking his tentacles and shit. Mm-hmm. If you're doing that, if there's naked witches everywhere, people getting burned. And if it, there's priests sitting there jacking off with dildos in your fever dream, riding goats, all kinds of crazy fucking weird shit is happening. Yeah. Weird shit. And it's disturbing, but it's supposed to be. And this is the first Rob Zombie movie. I think this is the one and only Rob Zombie movie where he just incorporates random creepy characters for pop scares. Like, those people look crazy. Like, like... That one pop scare where she goes into the kitchen and turns on the light and you see the witch standing up in the thing. Like, he doesn't do that in his movies. That's not normal no, Rob doesn't. Zombie. And you know the thing about that is, dude, I would have put that dog back to the kennel after that bullshit. How does that dog yeah. not notice that uh, there's a witch standing up on the counter just staring at him? What kind of dog don't see that? What kind of dog don't bark? Like, anything. Like, my dog barks when there's the person talking two houses down. Like, this motherfucking dog don't see that? You know what's funny? Like, the commentary for this movie, when Rob's talking over it, it's the commentary with Rob. That opening scene where, like, Sherry Moon, Sherry Moon's just, like, naked, like, and she's in bed. That's his wife. 
But the whole time while he's talking, he's talking about the dog and what its real name is. He said, yeah, in the movie his name's Troy, but his actual name's Steve. And Steve, he's a great dog, man. He was so much fun. And, like, it's his naked wife, but he's just, like, talking about this dog. <laughs> like, it cracked me up. You're well, like, that's another thing, man. You get to see Sherry Moon's ass. Every Hello. movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and here's... Some people are, like, there's physical attraction, and she's definitely physically attractive. But, like, there's also, like, just levels of personality cool. And you're just like, if Sherry Moon was your mom, you got a pretty rad mom. If, like, you know, she's just a fucking rad chick, man. Yeah. There's no there's no two ways about it. She's, like, she was in all Rob's old music videos and things of that nature. It's just, like, she'd get it. She's cool. Whoa, it's thundering and lightning outside. It's a storm going on out there. I didn't know it was supposed to rain. It's getting wild out here. This is how all horror movies start, too. <laughs> Starts with a goddamn storm. Oh, father of Shangri-La. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, a, lot of, a lot of screaming in this movie, too. A lot mm-hmm. of witches screaming. <laughs> that's right. You know, there's a lot of disturbing sounds, too, to make you uncomfortable. I mean, that old, those w- witches screaming for like two, three minutes straight will disturb you a bit. Now, initially, he wanted to... Rob was a lot more ambitious. Like he said, like, there was a lot more to the story I wanted to shoot. That main guy, um... His last name was Lynch. I don't know. I'm losing the guy's name. But the guy who played Reverend Hawthorne, the guy that they originally casted, he was sickly, and he fucking died. So they had to, like, switch it up and shoot all different scenes, and that really messed with production, money, etc., and everything forward. So... I kind of cut a lot of the fat off of the story, but I honestly kind of prefer it this way. Like, sometimes I like the ambiguity. I don't need everything to make perfect sense. I kind of like those. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, uh, what did I just watch? Sometimes, you know, you let your mind take care of it for you. Absolutely. What do you think? You know, you think about it. And that's a that's a good way to do it because then you got people talking about it. Well, this means this. No, this means that. This means that. You got people arguing with each other and keep talking about the movie and keeping it alive. Yeah, all it is is art, man. It's, it's a, art. It's art. It's art. It's motion picture. It is pictures that are moving with music and they make you convey emotion in different ways be it scared angry whatever and this movie definitely pulls out some of those well i prefer this art over some of the other art that i've seen in my life that's true there was this museum downtown and we went through it and this was the worst museum this the first piece was a bunch of cartons paper mache that was art there was a there was a there was a neon woman's ovaries with boxing gloves on it. <laughs> that was art. There was a piece a, a a tall glass shattered, and that was the art. So I prefer this art. This art. This art. This is good art. Yeah, I don't feel cool enough to be into the other. I stuff. don't even know what it means. You remember that movie, The Other Guys? Yes. <laughs> when he went to that art show and like was arguing with this girl and one of the art pieces was like a, a coffee table with things scattered on it and he picked up the fork and moved it and everybody's like ah! <laughs> and they freak out <laughs> like, <laughs> that's exactly what I felt like in that museum it was funny though I mean it was I'm just like I was just bitching the whole time I was like what is the fuck is this thing how is this uh, this doesn't make me feel anything in any way it's just some somebody gets paid for this somebody's somebody's father paid for this asshole to go to college and this is what he comes up with 
Yeah, what God the bless fuck? him. Oh. God bless him. I've always been a fan of the film. I've always stuck with it. And, I, you know, here on our show, we ruthless. I mean, I ruthlessly defend Rob Zombie's movies. But what, what makes this interesting with Eli Roth and Rob Zombie, I think they take a lot of the fall. Uh, when you say names like James Wan or Lee Winnell or Darren Lynn Bozeman, you don't, there's not a face attached to that. It's not a name that you know. Eli Roth is a handsome fella. He's a talker. He's well-known. He's friends with Tarantino. He's had his fair share of Hollywood hotties. So, like, people know his name. People also know Rob Zombie's name. So they kind of became the the fall or the flack for this new, like, in-your-face kind of style of scary movies. And what's weird about Lords of Salem, this is 10 years old. It doesn't fucking feel 10 years old how long this movie's been out. I saw this when it came out. Like, I'm starting to feel old, man. Like, that, like, this one really fucked me up. I really thought this was like a 2017 movie. And when it said 10 years, I said, Jesus, I've been talking about this movie 10 fucking years? Like, sorry for the cussing. I'm just, it's a Rob Zombie film. So, you know, if you, if you signed up for it. Christian you know. Ramey, I think it's time to bring in the fellas here for a little bit of fun facts about this movie here. Okay. Yeah, here we go, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the What Do You Know Here. This is the segment here where we're here to tell you something that you may or may not know about this movie. Now, if this is your first time here, you're about to find out what we know. And if you don't know what we know, you're about to know what we know, and you're going to have a weenogasm. But if you know what we know, and we're going to tell you what we know, we're going to both know together, and we're also going to have a weenogasm. So it's going to be an orgy in your brain, and, uh, you know, it's going to be good. So, with that being said, I'm going to start off here and tell you something that I'm... I'm going to tell you... I'm going to start off by saying, you fucked me up. Don't do that. I'm sorry. Stop talking until, until it's your day. When it's, I'm done talking, that's your cue to start talking. You right understand now? understand what I'm... No. So, in this movie here, Mr. Ken Fourier. Yes. Okay? You know, he's the guy when... He's the black guy, basically, in the radio show. Okay? Mm-hmm. If you don't know who we're talking about. Now, he has a wig, if you did not know. But the wig they gave him was so bad, and it just kept giving him troubles. <laughs> it really was. He's like, you know. So Rob said, fuck it. You know what? We're just going to call it a wig. It, was, it wasn't meant to be a wig, but now we're going to call it a wig, and he's going to write in lines for the other characters to make fun of his wig. He <laughs> said so he just incorporated yeah, he's with like, you know what? Screw it. It's a wig. You're right. It's a wig. We're not going to hide from this. It's a goddamn wig. So let's just make fun of it and see it normal. And honestly, I like it better that way. Creates a too, little bit, Creates a little bit of fun for the extracurricular activities in your eyeballs there. Some guys wear wigs. He's one of them. I like that. Exactly. What do you know about this movie? I like that. I have the most important piece of information about this movie. Okay, good. Tell me, please. Throughout this movie, Mm -hmm. there's a goat. A goat, yeah. You see the goat throughout the whole movie. I like goats. I do too. They're pretty cool. The goats are awesome. I wish I had a goat. You know what his name was? Uh... Uh... Jason. No. Freddy. That goat's name. Robert. Was Noodles. 
<laughs> I don't know if Noodles is still alive. Noodles. It's, it's been 10 years since the film. It's a great name for a goat. Noodles. <laughs> but that, next time you see that movie and you see that goat, just know he would respond to you if you said, hey, Noodles. <laughs> Why is that so funny? <laughs> noodles. I don't know. <laughs> I want a pet named Noodles. See? Oh. There you I go. would get another pet just to name it Noodles. Yeah, here's my friend Noodles. You know, and you know, lots of Salem is in. Can you imagine going out in your backyard and you just hear just somebody scream, Noodles? Come here, Noodles. <laughs> Time for dinner. What are we having? Noodles. Noodles for Noodles. Yeah. See, these are fun little facts. That's I a want... great fact. I got another fact for you here. Okay, throw it That's at right. me. That's right. It's a double whammy here. Okay. Double whammy, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Stop. Check it out. The the beginning scene of the birth here in the beginning of the movie, right? Towards oh, that the beginning little baby. Of the, yeah, the little fucking baby. Now, obviously, if you it's battery operated. Not okay? a real baby. That's not a real baby. You can't really work with real babies, okay? It doesn't work like that. They don't do what they're told. They shoot and poop everywhere. It's not a very good idea. I don't think you can lick a baby. Probably. Yeah, you can't really lick a baby in general, so I wouldn't do that. Yeah. But... The witches were doing so much acting and take forever, like typical broads do. The batteries in the baby died. So they had to change the batteries. And the, and the witches are like, oh, we were doing so good. Well, you took too long and you fucking ruined the batteries. So the we batteries gotta, died in the baby. They had to change the batteries. We got to reshoot everything. Everything and do it quicker because we don't have much battery life in this animatronic baby. Kind of like it lasts about as long as my batteries in my lawnmower. Why do they make battery commercials so difficult? You go to like Duracell and we've been keeping hearts alive in the hospital. And it always shows like a little kid in the dock without, you know, he puts it in the flashlight and he's safe now. Yeah. Or you can go with Energizer, the bunny. That guy's fucking crazy. I like crazy. the bunny. I go I with the bunny. I'm, going. The, I'm bunny. going with the bunny. He seems crazy. Yeah. He just keeps going. He does. <laughs> just, <laughs> he just keeps going. <laughs> See, they should have got that. The they should have got that fun. guy. You know anything else about this movie here? No, I think that's good. All right. Yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, that's a little facts for your ass. Boom. Mr. Ozark. Hello. You know what's... Um, now, with this movie, there's different places you obviously shoot. Obviously, some movies are all on a film set. Some are on, on scene, if you will. I think that's the way they like to say it. Well, only three days of this movie were shot in Salem. Which, you know, they got the important shots that they needed. The rest were in L.A. But the scenes where, like, all the witches were naked dancing around the fire. Yeah. That was Salem, and it was negative 10 degrees. Good thing there was a fire. No shit. Dude. Like, and they said, Rob said at first, he was like, man, it's kind of, like, weird. Because, you know, when you get, like, young, hot girls, it's like, hey, you need to be naked. And if they haven't been in movies before, they're like, okay, when? You know, they're, like, already in it. But, like, these are, like, senior citizens. She's like, hey, you old bitch is going to have to take them clothes off. Roll them out. You know? And they did. They did. They rolled them out. And I was happy for that. But Rob said it was kind of infectious, you know, because, like, one started and they all were just in their mode. But he said it was so cold. He said it was so cold, and he said he didn't even realize it until he started realizing, like, they started messing up their words, and they couldn't even remember the word Satan. And he's like, all right, I think it's cold. Everybody, let's just take a wrap. We're going to get inside. Yeah. Everybody warm up. Get you some. Get hypothermia, dude. Oh, yeah. Being Negative a wh- 10 naked? Yes. Dog, go outside naked when it's 40 degrees. Okay. <laughs> no, no, it was negative 10. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, bro. That's Yo, horrible. I wouldn't even put anybody through that. What is wrong with this man? 
you, I'm sorry. I know you got a movie to make, pal, but shit, do that in a goddamn studio. Like, do that in L.A. Outside? I know, <laughs> where it's warm. What the fuck is that? Okay. Yep. Whatever. That's, That's fucking nuts. A little saucy facts for you. Yeah, we got so many facts. I mean, your ass is overloaded here. It is. What's your favorite part of this movie, Christian Ramey? My favorite part... Uh, the part that really resonates with me a lot is when she first plays the record when she gets back to her house. And Jeff Daniel Phillips' character, Herman, oh, he's Whitey. It's Herman Whitey and then Herman Munster. That's Kenya Foyer's character. Some jag off. <laughs> some jag off. I just sent some jag off to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> the herpes, old man. <laughs> he's so funny. I know he is. Like I first off, I show love to actors with giant teeth. First off, I mean I have to, and of course you, know, you do, you know, and he's got bigger teeth than I do, and that's well, that's scientifically fascinating. But on top of that, he the what, what makes this fun for me is he takes they're both back at Heidi's place, and he goes to play the record first, and he keeps trying to put the needle on the record, but it won't play for him, and like keeps skipping, it just goes all the way. He's like, what the fuck? And Heidi gets up and puts it on, the, on and it goes immediately because she's got the, the witch blood Ooh. in her. But um, th- I liked that part a lot. But what was really cool is there was another scene where she was or he was at her apartment and he was like, you know, are you back on drugs? Whatever. Like, because she started to get weird from this record playing and she starts coughing up blood. Right. She gets fucking sick and he starts freaking out, like calling the cops you know, calling for an ambulance. And then behind him, he has these, like, creepy doctor-priest-looking people. I don't even know how you would describe these fucking people, but they're so crazy-looking. And they, like, touch him, and his eyes go white, and he falls. I just thought that was cool. I like that Rob, like, danced with the pop-scare moments. Like, with, like, random... Like, because in the new movies, like The Conjuring, Insidious, Sinister, those kind of movies, they'll just pop in a random creepy guy. No explanation, just like, ugh, pop scare. That's this guy. Don't need explanation. He's just creepy. And Rob's not really that way. Usually the creepy people are the heroes in his movie. Like, you like the people who are creepy in his movies. This was different. And I don't know. I just thought he did a good job at making weird-ass people come. I want to see his demon creatures. Like, because everyone that he showed, even, like, his devil that was, like, a big beast of a thing, I like that. I want to see what his characters look like coming to life, like his evil ones. So I would say that part when he goes to call the the paramedics and then those creepy dudes popped up behind him. I thought that was probably the most frightening moment. What about you, Ozark? Good choice. I'm going to comedy random route, as I usually do. Mm -hmm. Um it's when Francis was doing his research on the computer, and he's going down the family tree. It's right when he gets uh, to Heidi, and he figures out that, you know, Heidi is the ancestor of that priest uh, Hawthorne. guy. Yeah. Of Hawthorne. And he just looks, and he's like... Oh fuck me! <laughs> like, ah. just, like every, I, I guarantee you, every person, if you're listening to this, you have gotten into that situation where you just all you could just yell is "fuck me." Like, uh, fuck we have me. all been it. <laughs> just like it was, it just looked like the honest reaction, and I just you know relate to that because I've been in that situation before where I've discovered something or did something like "oh fuck me," God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh. Yeah, I, hysterically. 
and there's good connection with these characters. Like you mentioned with like an Adam Sandler or really any director that uh, re has reoccurring actors. There's a connection that just can't be lost, and you could tell that everybody is buddies. You could tell that everybody feels comfortable around one another, and I think that's very important, man. Because even, um, like, I mean, even moving forward, like Meg Foster, she was in 31. Um, he makes relationships with these actors, and he just keeps going. He just keeps pushing. And for that, man, I, re I really do applaud him. And this is... Uh, this isn't, I'm not telling you Lords of Salem is the best horror movie to ever come out. Not saying that at all. But if you're looking for a random scary picture to throw on, you're looking for a random one, this fits that, man. It really does because it's not like you have to, uh, hey, I just watched Scream, so now i got to watch Scream 2 and 3 and then 4 and 5. Like, there's no inclusion. You just, here's a horror picture. This would be, like, great if you were to go to the cinemas because you remember we were teenagers. You could take your date. You go see 13 Ghost. Go see Skeleton Key. Go see whatever. It didn't have to be um, promoted like an Avengers movie. It didn't have to be. It's just a random scary movie. Hey, what is this? Well, Ghost Ship? Don't know what that's about. Let's watch it. This feels like one of those kind of movies. Just a standalone scary movie. It's not reinventing the wheel. It's not promising. It's not The Godfather. But motherfucker, it fits in there. If you need something to watch, it, it works. You think it fits in there? Well, let's see how it works here on the world-famous Sloppy Horror Podcast rating. Hit the intro. Sloppy Horror Rating, baby, yeah! It's the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating, everybody. World-famous, I might add. Okay, so this is the horror movie rating system that we have developed here. Well, mostly Christian Ramey has developed here because he is the horror nerd in himself, and he rates... A horror movie based on the elements that make a horror movie a horror movie, if that makes sense to you. Now, we're going to do this here in a series of four categories. Three of the categories are worth three points. Last category is worth one point for a total of... Ten points altogether. That is correct. So let's find out if Lords of Salem 2012 rates on the sloppy horror stamp of approval world famous rating. Here we go. So, let's go into the first category here in the Sabi Horror Podcast rating, and that is casting. This is the strongest category of this movie, 100%. I mean, it's lined with legends, and um, I felt everyone felt very well seasoned. No one felt out of place. There was no craziness. Um, I'm going to give it a two and a half. The reason I'm not giving it an extra .5 is because no one had a, you know, steal-your-heart performance. Everybody was just doing their job very well. And that was kind of that. But there was no, like, uh, Gregory Peck in The Omen. There's no, like, oh, man, there's that guy. Um, so I'm going to give this a two-and-a-half on casting. Damn near perfect, but um, there wasn't enough written within the script for people to, like, have a giant character arc to really, uh, you know, be Oscar winning kind of thing. Well, I mean, also here, I mean, I agree with two and a half. I mean, because look around at horror conventions. How many Lords of Salem characters do you see? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Little to none. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've seen one. Mm -mm. I don't know if you've seen one. Have you seen one? Nope. Okay. I've uh, seen people do the cosplay with like the makeup, but like never in person. Correct. So that's two and a half so far here on the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating. Let's get into the second category here in the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating. And that is kills. Okay, so we're not, um, this is not a very strong category because there isn't, like last week we're coming from Hostel. 
you know, and hostile displays carnage on a full display, this isn't the most gory Rob Zombie movie. It's just really not. There's really not that many deaths. There's very few, but we do have a couple. You know, there is a couple deaths. There's some burning of witches. There's like, you know, obviously they get Francis. They take his Someone ass out. gets him with a frying pan. Exactly. So <laughs> there, I have to give it a one because there is kills. There is kills. But it has to be a one. There's not many, though. Mm-hmm. There are not many. So let's go point five. Let's go point five because it's not nothing. There's something. There's something there. So a point five. Point five. Half a point on kills. Half a point on kills. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that is three points so far here on the Sobby Horror Podcast rating. Let's get into the third and final three point category here on the Sobby Horror Podcast rating, and that is fear. Now, when it comes to Rob Zombie pictures, I think this might be one. I mean, you're going to get people who are afraid of Michael Myers, like regardless, but out of like. The Firefly Trilogy, out of 31, and out of Lords of Salem, I would say this is the most fear-based for the fact that you do have those pop-scare moments. You have those, like, random, like, uh, moments where it's a little on edge. Nothing to write home about. Nothing really that's probably going to freak out an adult unless you're, like, really vulnerable and you get scared at whatever. So I'm going to give it a one-point on this one uh one feels right on this uh it feels stronger than the kills category does but one for the fact that like there's some creepy elements to it they're licking babies and shit i mean you can't like they're ripping babies and shit out of like you know people there's like there's some weird freaky shit going on and if you're like a semi-religious if you're young if you are just vulnerable to horror you could get scared from this but if you're a pretty seasoned horror guy you're not going to be you're going to not be scared at all. So I'm going to give it a one. One. So that is four out of ten so far here on the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating. Let's go on to the final one-point category for half a point each here on the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating, and that is rewatchability. Christian Ramey, take it away. I'm going with the S on this. I, I definitely like to throw this one on from time to time. It's not a seasonal per se. Sometimes I have like certain months I'll watch certain things. Obviously, you watch The Shining in the cold. <laughs> you watch Jaws in the summer. I kind of throw this sucker on whenever. Uh, so, yeah. So, I'm going to say yeah for re- rewatchability for me. Ozark, what say you? Uh, I'm going to go with no. No for Ozark no, Mark. No for me. Um, One and done. No for me. Now, I'm not saying it's not a bad movie, okay? Mm-hmm. But for me to rewatch something again, there has to be, like you said, that all-star character that you look forward to seeing. Um, but it's just like a typical story of, you know, there's witches here, they find the person, and they get them. Like, that's mm-hmm. what it is. And there's lots of gore in here and stuff, but there's nothing that makes me, like, stand out. It's like, I've seen it. Like, mm-hmm. I've seen it. That's 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 enough for me. Like, I like I've, that. I've seen it. Like, you know, this is not something that I get. I'm not going to get, oh, man, I want to go watch it again. Like, it was slow-paced. I got it. I seen it. You know what I mean? Sat with you. One, one and done is, is good enough for me. But uh, that's half a point there. So that is four and a half out of ten total. Mm-hmm. For Lords of Salem 2012 here on the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating. We got two ratings in, man. Two ratings in in this battle so far. Eli Roth is currently ahead, but Rob has plenty of time. Oh, yes, he does. He has. A slow and steady pace wins the race, as they always say. The tortoise generally always wins the, the race. <laughs> tortoise <laughs> so i like this folks i like this and like i said this is uh you know 
I wanted to make it more than opinion because when you go into film critics in history, it's just like Siskel and Ebert saying, I just think personally that my gas smells better than everyone else's. So if I were to fart in a room, no one would be as freaked out as if you farted because my shit doesn't stink. That's generally what most movie critics sound like to me. I wanted to generate a system that wasn't based just on my opinion. Something that I could go through and run through because, I mean, what makes a scary movie, man? You need some kills. You need people to die. If we're not talking about our death, how scary can it be? It's got to be scary. It doesn't have to be uh, saw a girl in half. You don't need that. That's the scariest thing known to mankind. (laughs) But you need some, right, you need some death. Also, casting is huge. Don't have to be a superstar cast, but on this movie, everyone needs to gel well together, and I need to believe whatever, because most horror premises aren't, like, believable. They're mostly like, yep, the boy is haunted, and the only way that you can do it is destroy this vase, which has the spirit in it. And you're like, okay, you're taking me on a ride here. But I need someone to help get me there. I need that cast to sell that to me. And sometimes they do, man. Uh, when you get, especially uh, Exorcist Three a few weeks ago, such serious acting for a premise that's so out there. And these people sell it, and you're like, well, if that guy believes it, I do. So casting's very important. And then you have the base level of fear. Um, fear, I mean, is this something that's going to sit with you when the movie's over? Um, not just the jump scare. I mean, it's more than that. It's jump scares. Does, you know, are you getting thrilled in the movie? Do you make any noise? Do you, do you look at something in real life and makes you think, oh, that reminds me of that, you know, and you get a little bit of fear there. Do you run up the stairs quicker after seeing this movie? You know what I mean? Do Do you, do you flip a light on in the garage when you go out? That kind of thing. And I think that's important. That's, that's what makes a film there. And I was even semi selfish because at, It's a 10-point rating, right? And that's nine of the points, three of the three-point categories. And my final point at first was fucks with it. Do I fucks with this movie or not? And Ozark said, nope, it should be rewatchability because that's really at the the break of it. Is it a good movie? Is it rewatchable? And then I went a step further and I said, no, sir, you're a part of this show. We each get a half a point on this, and which I'm very thankful for because I'm coming from like the horror nerd seat. So like I might like be more highfalutin on something and you're just straightforward like no if i saw it once i don't need to see that again and that's important to me i like that and adds a sense of checks and balances so our rating system here isn't just like yeah we think it's this like we to a point i mean you hear us try to mill it out every week like i just said a point on kills and you said ah i don't know you throw it to me to contemplate you know and well that's we, the thing man i mean just because you know higher the rating or a low rating doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad movie. No. I mean, we're just going, it's like, these are the elements that make a horror movie a horror movie. If the higher score has higher amounts of elements, and if the lower scores have the less amount of elements, but it still could be a great movie. Okay? Absolutely. How many how many uh, two-star movies have you watched and love? Like, I mean, you know, I've, I love movies that are half a star sometimes. What makes Cool Runnings a good movie? I don't really know, no. but I'll watch it. No, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm breeding. <laughs> yeah, like, so, Absolutely. And this is a lot of fun, man, to throw two people through, and it gives us a way uh, to to make a little competition out of all of this and uh, see who comes out the winner. But pretty excited. 
pretty excited. I love both of these people. People coming in probably think I like sit with Rob Zombie more than Eli Roth. I love both, dude. Like I really, if you were to mention both of their names, my ears would perk up just the same in conversation. Like I very much appreciate what they represent. Yeah, I mean, they probably do that because you've done, we've done a couple of Rob Zombie movies previously. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've done any Eli Roth. We have not. I like that both of their movies, like, they're the embodiment of, like, a middle finger. Like, you don't like this? Don't care. Oh, you don't like that Rob Zombie makes movies? Like, his style? Guess how much he gives a shit? Not one. His next movie's gonna look exactly like he wants it to. I like that. It's not like, did you see this scream? This new scream where there's a, a person of every race and every gender and every sexual orientation? They're not doing that. They do whatever the fuck they want. I like that. I like that. Yes. They I like it too. Don't have to lean into anybody. I, I yeah, like I, I support people that don't sell out. And Rob Zombie is not a sellout when it comes to horror movies. He makes whatever the hell he wants. And the one that he had to sell out the most for is the one that people hated him for, Halloween Two. And if you've ever heard of the Weinstein's, those were his bosses. So maybe you should, <laughs> you know, maybe reconsider the movie. <laughs> you know, but you know, I digress. But this is a lot of fun, man. A lot of fun, man. We are heat here in the battle. Hey? We just had round one, round two coming up here in the next couple weeks. And then we will get to the finale. Now, no, we're getting pay round attention. Three. Now, pay attention on social media because there is going to be, obviously, we are going to pick a winner based on our rating systems, correct? Yeah. But there's also going to be a fan award. A popular vote? Yes, that's right. So pay attention to our social media pages. You're going to vote which one you like better or who you think should win, Mr. Eli Roth and Mr. Robert Zombert. And then we will announce that winner, too, on the final episode. So it could be some guy walking away with both the belts, or it might be a split decision. We don't know. <laughs> we should make a really weird award, like a weird trophy, and manage to give it to every person that wins every season. Like, hey, Rob, uh, <laughs> this know? is a duct tape football. You yeah. won this. No, uh, you know what yeah. we should do is we should find one of those old trophies for, like, tennis when they're in, like, the tennis stance and just rip off the tennis so it looks like they're playing with themselves. Ah. Here you go. You're playing with yourself. You make good movies. Yeah, oh, that, I like no that. no sense. Yeah. Uh, well, you won the trophy. It is a litter box. Um, you won this year. Thanks. It's like the fantasy football trophy or something, that, that <laughs> yeah. whatever that show is. It's like a lamp or some stupid shit. You won the Nail Clipper Award. You get the Nail Clippers. Huh? Dude. Thank you. Nail Clippers. Like, that's one of the things that, like, if you lived by yourself, like, you would forget to buy. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, shit. And the shower is the best time to clip your nails. Well, they're You're soft. Yeah. They come off. Then. You're welcome. Yeah. I do it after. After, because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to leave nails in the shower. Oh, I do. I don't want to clog the drain. There's already nails. enough stuff. There's already enough stuff in my drain. I don't need nails down there, too. Oh, yeah. Yep. Got daughters. It's not good. You're just like, what, what's happening, dude? Yeah, you, you got this? you got three women in this house, dude. Dude, the hair and your drains. I'm surprised shit hasn't. Oh, it has. Bust. Oh, oh twice, God. twice. Uh, we had tw- twice. I've had plumbers out to like clear, and they're just like, well. Oh, dude, I it's would, like weaved into these. Dude, pipes. I would not be a plumber because it's nasty just cleaning your own drain out. Oh, cool tampons and hair. I love this. Oh, this is probably from imagine all the men a in the random house. plumber coming over here and doing that. Oh. Dude, 
Uh, you know what the plumber. best part about the plumber is? Whenever, like, when he gives you the wrap-up and he has to tell you it's the woman's fault, but, like, he has to, like, break it to you. It's like, yeah, it's like tampons and long hair. <laughs> I don't I don't know where that came from, but uh, whoever's doing that should stop. Yeah. And they make that face. Dude. <laughs> Your mark with, like, short hair. And you're like, all right, I'll stop. <laughs> like, I'll stop shedding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. They shed so much. They shed. Mm-hmm. You ever got one of their hairs between your butt crack? You're like, what? how did this happen? Yes. Like you pull out a hair like, yeah, from dude, your, I have your random nether hairs. regions. That, I have animal hair randomly. I, I, have all kinds of, I have all kinds of hair on my body that's not mine. If an animal hair ever, like, and you pull it out of your mouth, I literally physically get angry to the point where I'm like, I'm a, fuck you, animal. You've done it to me. No, it makes me more angry because I don't know how long it's been in there. I know. <laughs> like, you're like, like, how long has this been in my mouth? This is a fucking dog hair? I'm like, <laughs> hey, quit doing that. Dude, it's weird because I'll get, like, long blonde hairs in my house sometimes. I was like, your hair's not blonde. Like, who's fucking, why is there other specimens hair that don't live in this house in this house? What is going on? I guess so. She is now. Whatever. You found it. You found the hair. Look, that's fine. Whatever. That's how they would think. Just clean. Just <laughs> fucking clean up after yourselves, please. <laughs> All right. That's enough of that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we will see you for, for the beginning of round two. And pay attention. Round three. Sort of, round two. No, they just fought. Oh. Okay, it's round. Have oh. you ever seen a boxing yep. match? Yep. A yep. wrestling match? A, yep. a fight? Yeah, a, okay, you know what I'm doing. I, I get what you mean. We need round two. Fight. And next week. <laughs> hey, meantime, though, folks, seriously, please check out our Patreon. Once again, if you don't like hearing the, like this little break right here, like picture if our show was stopped with those and we're, you know, saying a bunch of dumb shit. Do you guys need help with your grocery shopping? Check out fuckyourself.com. Picture that. That could be our show, but it won't be. Check out the and Pajama Jamma Ramba Jams. They're Pajama Pama Ramba Jams. They're pajamas and Ramba Jams at the same time. It's like a great thing. Pajama Jamma Ramba Pants. Yeah. Add coupon Sloppy for promo. Co- like, see, we, that, that's what you're going to have to deal with. Nah, that shit pisses me off. Yeah, it pisses us off, folks, and we don't like to do that. So if you want to help keep our show less watered down, help us out. You know, check out the Patreon. It's not for everybody, but we very much appreciate it. And you get on there, you'll see our faces. It's good stuff. And are we talking scary movies every Patreon episode? No. We're talking whatever we want. Yeah, we talk some weird stuff. Find out what it is. Mm -hmm. But we got to go. So I love you. Goodbye. See ya.